Um, so I find it fascinating that uh, pretty much everyone here has been touched by the Rising, uh, this church that we started in 2014. And um, when we launched the Rising, it, it began as a dream and a vision. And I just told people about it. And we had our first launch team meeting in our backyard. It was at a different house, but uh, it was like right there, like in our, at our house, in our yard. And that was the beginning uh, steps of this ministry, this church that impacted so many of you guys' life. It, it started in a backyard. And I, I wonder if we were able to go back to those people then who helped launch the rising and say, hey, here's what's going to happen because you're here in these initial phases. Uh, people's lives are going to be transformed. People's marriages are going to be healed. They're going to be people who are far from God and they're going to meet God and they're going to stand to their feet on a Christmas Eve and get baptized. Uh, and they didn't, they didn't come to that service thinking they were going to get baptized, but that's going to happen. There, there's going to be people whose marriages um, are, are going to be healed and some people are going to come and they're going to get the tools to fix their marriage, they're going to choose not to though, but it's up to them, but at least the tools are going to be given to them. Uh, there's going to be people who, uh, who meet Jesus and um, are set free from depression and anxiety. There's going to be people who meet Jesus and discover hope and purpose for their life. And, and you guys are going to be the ones to help lay that foundation. I think if we were to tell them back then in 2000. 12, 2013, when we were in the process of launching the Rising, it'd be pretty hard for them to believe because it was just a vision of what could happen, of what would happen. But because they stuck with it, because they stayed faithful, because they put in the work required to see the Rising launched, your life was impacted. And that's where we are today. It's like we're starting that journey all over again and starting Journey. And so that's what we're here tonight to talk about uh, Journey Church. But before I can talk to you about Journey, uh, I need to talk to you about Jamaica. See, my wife and I, we celebrated our 15-year anniversary on June 4th, and uh, oftentimes people will clap for that. You guys didn't, but it's okay, uh, because it's not something you need to clap for, right? I mean, it's just like, that's what you're supposed to do, right? I mean, people say, we celebrated 20 years, and they get a round of applause, but it's like, that's what you signed up for, Right? I mean, you signed up for the rest of your life. So, um, but 15 years was a great time for us to celebrate. We celebrated with a vow renewal, and then we went to Jamaica afterwards. We had never been to Jamaica before. And so we went uh, June 7th through the 14th. I went to Negril. We were told, you got to go to Negril. They got the best beaches. And um, they, the beach there was great. Uh, they said, we got to go to Seven Mile Beach. We didn't go to Seven Mile Beach. We stayed on our resort. I was scared for our life. I didn't need to be. But uh, so next time we go back, and by the way, Jamaica was so great. We want to go back. It was, it was like 88 degrees every day. Uh, a couple hours of rain in the afternoon. But the beach was phenomenal. We just hung out in this, in this little cove that was right there. Um, but we stayed at the Royalton in Negril, and uh, the Royalton, uh, there's the Royalton where they have 450 rooms and it's for families and kids are there and things like that. And then we stayed at the Hideaway. This is an adults only section of the Royalton. There's like 150 rooms. It's more private. We stayed there. And then they have Grand Lido. There's like 27 rooms there and that's for people who don't want to wear clothes. We didn't go to that section. They, 
they they were tucked away, hidden away, and so we we stayed at the at the hideaway, and um, we checked in. It was great. We um, we got these these wristbands so that we could. It was all inclusive, so we could get food, we could get drinks, and all this stuff. And again, we stayed at the hideaway, and um, it let us go to places people who stayed at the Royalton, just a regular spot where families were, they couldn't go. Like they couldn't come over to the hideaway spot. Nobody could go to Grand Lido. <laughs> we didn't want to. But um, because we had those wristbands, we had access to places people who stayed at the Royalton didn't have access to. And so uh, we went there, we, we checked into our room. Our room was phenomenal. Um, and they had like a breakfast buffet every morning. They also had a buffet throughout the day, lunch and dinner. Um, and uh, they also had these restaurants. They had like a steakhouse, a Japanese place, an Italian place, a seafood place. And so uh, we were there. We loved it. It was, it was like paradise. And that's some of the things that people said. They were like, how oh, you love paradise, man? And uh, that's my Jamaican accent. I thought it was pretty spot on. Um, but, uh, you know, we're in paradise. And how do you like paradise? And uh, we loved it so much that we're going to go back. And so uh, what we would do is we'd wake up in the morning. We'd go to the breakfast buffet. And then you had to let them know your room number and things like that. And then somebody uh, walked us to our seat. And so we did that every day, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We did that every day where they walked us to our seat. And... Um, Throughout the week, we, we enjoyed it. It was great. It was amazing. We loved it. And then like the second to the last day that we were there, we, we go to the breakfast spot right up at the front and they check us in. And then the lady who's going to walk us to our seat sees our wristbands and she says, oh, you're, you're staying at the hideaway. And we're like, yeah, yeah, I'm staying at the hideaway. She said, follow me. So she walks us, not to the seating area that we were sitting in the whole week. She, she walks us past that and like through the buffet area. And we're like, we've never been here before. This, I mean, we've been to the buffet area. That's where you go to get your food. But where is she taking us? We, we sit over there. And then she takes us through these doors and there's this sign up that says hideaway guests only. We walk through these doors and it's like this whole other room that we had no idea was there. And like, the, the seating was nicer. I mean, they had cushioned chairs for us to sit in. The tables were sturdy. The first day we got there, they sat us at this table and it was wobbly. And then, I mean, they moved us to another table, you know, so, so don't, don't, we're not sitting there because they got wobbly tables. No, you should go there. But, but she takes us to this whole other room for hideaway guests and we're like, where has this been our whole stay? Why have we not been sitting here? So she takes us in and it's like, it's like, you know, when you fly on a plane and you're booked for coach and then they seat you in first class and you're like, oh yeah, it's like a whole other world there. So we walk into this whole other world of seating and it's because she saw our wristband and was like, oh, you're in the hideaway. And she showed us a spot we didn't even know existed or was even available to us. So then the next day when we went to breakfast, we checked in and they were going to walk us through. We were like, no, we got it. And we walked straight back to the hideaway spot. Now we knew where to go. And we walked back with authority like this is our spot to sit, right? <laughs> 
So this is, this is it. And then, and then we, we um, you know, th- that was our second to last day. And we're like, we missed this the whole week. But we made sure to enjoy it that final day. Now, I tell you that because what I believe about my life at times, what I believe about your life, what I believe about the people that you love, your friends, your coworkers, people in your family, people you go to school with, is oftentimes we get to a point in life where we settle, where we stop, where we look around and we think this is all that there is, but there's actually a whole other level for us to live at. There's a whole other area for us to live in. there's There's this whole different mindset that we can have. But oftentimes what happens is we settle. And when we settle, it's not bad. Sometimes it's not bad. Sometimes it's pretty good. But we think, this is it. But we're starting a brand new church because I believe that there are people that you know, and even you, and you've gotten to a point where you've settled, where you've stopped and you said, this is all there is. We're starting a new church to let people know there's a whole other room. There's a whole other area you haven't even explored yet. You've heard this about Christianity, but there's something so much deeper. There's something so much greater, something so much better. And I mean, just, 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 just stop and take inventory of your life and, and ask, have you settled anywhere? You have. You've stopped short. And you've, I've, we've, and people we love have convinced ourselves, this is pretty good. This is it, right? I mean, you're carrying 10 extra pounds, 20 extra pounds, 30, 40, 75, I don't know. But it's like, this is my life. I'm okay with it. I know I should probably change and I know I probably could and yeah, I'll probably feel better, but this is my life. This is how I'll always be. We settle. Or, or I mean, just, just think, just, just take inventory. There's, there's that person or those people like when their name gets brought up, there's a tension there. There's a, a dis-ease that you have when you think about that person because they said that thing about you. They wronged you in a certain way and you live with this subtle underlying energy of negativity. And you don't ever bring it up. You don't ever deal with it. You don't ever, but it's just always there. And you just know for the rest of your life that's never going to get resolved because you don't think about it, you don't deal with it, you don't, that's just how it is, and they, and they owe me an apology. Like, you're living that way with some people right now. But there's a whole other room that you can live in of forgiveness and grace where you don't have that energy. I mean, just take inventory of your life, right? There's this, this insecurity that you have and it's like gnawing away at your soul, this lack of confidence. And it's just like, you've resolved, like, I think that's how I'm working on it, you know? I'm dealing with it, making progress, but you're not. And it's just like, am I ever gonna be confident? Am I ever gonna be secure? 
And the answer is yes. There's a whole other room that you can live in. Right? You're, I mean, just look at your marriage if you're married. I mean, is this really what you dreamed that it would be? And maybe it is. But I wonder if it could be better. I also wonder if you've settled, like, this is just kind of how it is, because we got kids, and so all of our conversations are going to be about logistics and plans and what are we doing, and you stop dreaming together. You stop envisioning what could be, right? You're married, and, I mean, if, if you're really open, you, you've, you've looked around and settled for just being roommates. Like, this is just how it is. This is how it's going to be. This is how my parents were, and so that's how their parents were, and this is how we're going to be, and you just... And, like, if you if you really stop and, and think, like, is this what we signed up for? And you really look at your marriage, my hope is that you'd say, oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Right? This is, this is what we've always dreamed of. But my guess is for... And, and maybe it's not you, but your friends feel this way. Your coworkers are living this. People in your family, people you love, are in marriages that suck. But there's a whole other room for them to live in. Because what happened is, when they got married, when you got married, you pledged to love one another through thick and thin, for rich or for poor, in sickness and in health, through the easy times and the hard times. Like what you pledged when you got married, if you're married or if you're going to get married, what you're pledging to that person is I'm going to be with you no matter what. And so if you get in a car accident and become a quadriplegic, I'm there to clean you. I'm there to bathe you. I'm, I'm with you. What, what you pledged is I'm going to be with you even if the postpartum depression sets in after the kids. I'm going to love you through it. What you pledged when you got married is even if you get Alzheimer's and you can't remember me, I'm still going to stay by you. But we're arguing about laundry. We're, we're fighting about dishes. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we pledged something so great and so amazing. We're going to be there no matter what. But I can't stand you because we, we trade passive passive-aggressive comments to one another, right? Like, we, we signed up for something greater, but we've settled for something less. We signed up to live in a whole other room, but we're stuck. I mean, just take inventory of your life. Like, maybe, maybe you've come to a point where you've just believed that debt is a pet, you know? Like, it's just always going to be with you. And we celebrate debt too. Like just like if you get a brand new dog and you post a picture of Fido on your Instagram, look at this brand new dog I got. We do the same thing with brand new cars. Look at all the debt that I just racked up. No, we don't, we don't do it that way. We're like congratulations, you just took out a big old loan. But it's just like we're always going to have a car payment. And so you've settled for that. Or student loans or credit card debt. I, I mean any of it. And, and we can get to a point where we're just saying, this is, this is my life. I'm living it as best I can. And it is, it is what it is. But there's a whole other room that's been available to you. And what I want to do in launching a brand new church is help people see that.
I want to help you see that. I want to help us take this journey of refusing to be stagnant, refusing to settle, and say, God has more for me. God has something greater for me. God has, has called me to be the kind of husband, the kind of father, the kind of friend that people would look to and say, I want what you got. Because I'm not living for myself. I'm living for something greater. I'm living for him and I'm practicing the principles that are found in his word. So the reason why we're starting a brand new church is because just like in Jamaica, we needed somebody to show us that there was a new area that was accessible to us. There are people in our lives who need us to be the light of the world and shine and show them there's a whole new way for you to live. There's a whole other room for you to live in. And don't stop, don't settle, don't get complacent because God has something greater for you. But to do that, we have to see it for ourselves. Because once you see it for yourself and once you know what you got to do to live at that level, you don't need somebody else to show you anymore. You could just walk right on in and be there. So we're launching a brand new church because the people that you know and the people that you love need this. And they need you to be the light. They need you to show them something different. But they're waiting for you. They need you. They don't even know this yet. They need you to step up and begin to live it yourself. And what we're going to do over the next nine months, if you choose to be a part of this launch team, is we're going to go on a journey together to become that. And I believe these next nine months are going to be encouraging to you. They're going to be challenging to you. They're going to push you in ways like never before if you'll sign up for it. And I'm going to invite you to invite people to come be a part of this launch team. As you, as you look around, this is just a vision night. We're recording this. We're going to post this. My hope is that people who aren't here tonight are going to watch this. My hope is that you're going to share this. And my hope is that people would be inspired by this and they say, I want in. Because here's the goal as we go throughout this process before we launch and begin meeting on Sunday mornings and like get right into the full swing of things and being a church is that this whole backyard is filled with people meeting in January, freezing cold, but they're still here. Just like you guys are here in 90 degree weather. And what that shows me is that you care. Because you wouldn't be here sitting in this small sliver of shade on a hot day like this if you didn't care. There's something that sparked in you where you're like, okay, I got to be there. So, that's why we're starting a brand new church, because there's people who need to know um, there's a whole new way of life, and we want to be the ones to show them. We want to be the ones to guide them on that journey, just like Jesus is guiding us. Uh, like I mentioned before, in 2014, we launched The Rising, and um, there was a church designed to see people raised to life in Christ, um, and we saw great and amazing things happen through The Rising saw hundreds of people give their lives to Christ and be baptized into Him. We gave away hundreds of thousands of dollars to strategic partners through that church. Um, we saw people set foot in church who had never set foot in church because of that ministry. Um, 
And throughout, though, you know, leading a church is hard. It's difficult. Um, and throughout, I started to get in an unhealthy place for me where my identity became wrapped up in what I did. Uh, and maybe you experience that too with your job. Maybe who you are is what you do. And if you don't do that, then who are you? Um, but I started to live to please others instead of please God. I started to think that my number one goal and mission was to grow the church. But it's Jesus' job to build the church, not me. My job is to come alongside Him. Um, your job is to come alongside Him. So in uh, January of this past year, we, we paused, we took a break. We didn't have a place to meet anymore. Where we were meeting fell through. It was at the height of COVID cases as well in our area. So those were good reasons to pause and take a break. But another was to just reevaluate and recalibrate for me. And so for the past, since January to now, I've been on this journey of um, getting healthy again in my identity, discovering a confidence that I've never had before, a sense of security that I never had before. Um, and so now I'm in a healthier place. Um, and what I've done is, as time has gone on, I've said, okay, what, what's next? What do, what do I need to do? And uh, I felt like God has laid it on my heart, and it never, it never left, to launch and lead a brand new church. And if you're part of the rising, you may say, well, wait, how come we don't just pick back up where we left off? Why don't we just start the rising again? Let's start meeting somewhere else. And, and, and the reason is because just like when we started the rising, we started the rising, this brand new church, because new churches are more effective at reaching people than churches that already exist. The studies show that. Um, and so we're starting a brand new church to be more effective at reaching people because that's our mission, just like it was Jesus' mission to seek and save the lost. And so that's what we want to do. And so with a new church, uh, we gain new momentum. Also, I think this process that we're about to enter into is so valuable, not just for me or our church, but for you who are going to be a part of this process because you're going to grow in ways like never before if you fully engage. Your faith is going to grow. Your faith is going to stretch. You're going to be encouraged and challenged in ways like never before if you engage in this process. So we're starting a brand new church too to go through this process. And so that's why we don't just pick back up. Um, and then if you're a part of our church, you may say, yeah, well, this is going to be like, it's going to be the same, right? No, it's not. It's going to be different because I'm different now. It's going to be different. Um, because I have a different mindset now. We have a different approach. Now, there are going to be some similarities. I'm still the same person. I still talk the same. Uh, there's some similarities because many of you are coming from the rising. But we'll have all new values, a new mindset, new way of doing things. Um, so that's why we're starting a brand new church instead of just picking up where we left off. Um, so I want to talk to you 
about what it looks like. So, I'll talk to you about why we're doing this, why a brand new church, but now what does it look like moving forward? So, um, and the reason too why I went with the name Journey Church is, first it has the word church in it, so people know exactly what it is. When we talked about the rising, it was like, what is that? <laughs> is that uh, it, Verizon? Is that what you, is, no. So, so first it has church in it, so it lets people know exactly who we are and what we are. Uh, but also, I've been on this journey in my life since the day I was born, so have you. We're all on this journey throughout life until the day we die, and we're constantly discovering more about who we are. We're growing, learning, developing, at least that's how it should be. Sometimes we get stuck. But what we want to do is we want to help people align their life with the path that Jesus has called us to and we're journeying to become more like Jesus. And so the idea with journey too is that there's never a destination. Sometimes people think, okay, I'm good now. No, you're not. The journey continues. There's always more. To go further up and further in, there's always more. There's always something new. There's always growth and development. And so we're all on this journey together. And then, being on this journey together, we get to invite people, come join me. Come join me as I follow Jesus. This is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Follow my example as I follow Christ. Jesus is going somewhere. I'm following him. You come follow me. We're on this journey together. So, um, the logistics and just the, the big idea of where I see things going is, um, and, and some things that are going to be different. I'm currently in talks with a church planting organization right now who will come alongside of us to help provide structure that I didn't have in launching the Rising. Um, it's a Christian church organization. We're a Christian church. We're a church for, uh, of Christians. Um, we are Christians. That's it. So no other denomination or anything like that. We are a Christian church seeking to follow Jesus. Um, but they're going to help provide uh, an overseer team for me to help me with guidance and encouragement that I didn't build in the rising. So this is a great tool for me. It's going to help. Um, they're going to provide tools and resources for our church to help us be even better and healthier. So I'm in talks with a church planting organization now. And also, uh, they help start churches in our region. So we'll be able to support other churches starting as well. Uh, so that's one thing. Um, what I'm looking at as far as time frame is for us to have a grand opening around early March. So about nine months from now. Nine months makes sense because it takes a baby to grow in a womb for nine months and then is birthed, is launched out into the world. <laughs> so there's some development that needs to happen. There's some growth that needs to take place. So for the next nine months, that's what we're going to do. Well, why nine months? Why, why then? We got to take some time to build some culture, to talk about vision, values, for us to get on the same page and for you to come to a place where this isn't James's church, but this is your church, where you take ownership, where you step up 
where you're leading in ways. And so I'm looking at early March for a grand opening. That makes sense too, and, it, and it's a great time for momentum because uh, after a grand opening in early March, you then have Easter, which is a big Sunday. And then you got Mother's Day, two big Sundays to help gain momentum, to give people even more excuses to reach out to people, to say, hey, come check out this church. Um, so that's what we're looking at, early March, late February. Um, between now and then, the plan is to meet on a weekly basis, just like this, right here. The, the place may change, depending on how big things get. Um, but for us to meet on a weekly basis between now and then. Uh, and during that time, we'll be talking about culture, vision, values. Uh, the plan also is during that time to have groups that meet throughout the week. So we'll meet together on a Sunday night to talk about vision, big picture, culture, things like that. But then throughout the week, some of you are going to be group leaders, leading groups, in homes, to build community, to build relationships and friendships, so that when we launch, we're not a bunch of strangers coming together doing something, but we're, we're friends in this. Uh, and then when we launch, we'll also have groups that are ready to go um, for all the people who will come. So early March, late February, meeting on a weekly basis, uh, potentially doing preview services in December, January, February, and March. So a preview service once a month on a Sunday morning. Hey, here's how things are going to be. And also it gives us some time to, to practice some stuff too uh, for that grand opening window of late February, early March. And the question is where? Where is it going to be? Uh, so... I led a church that was in Norfolk for six years. Um, finding places to meet in Norfolk is tough. And I've done research about areas, and uh, what I'm thinking of right now, potentially, is to meet here in the Kempsville area uh, or central Virginia Beach. So somewhere in Virginia Beach is what I'm looking at. Uh, a place that's easily accessible, a place people can see, um, but that's what we're looking at. So that's just kind of the big picture, ideas, what, what I'm thinking, where I think we're headed. So that's what, here's, here's what we're going to do over the next nine months, and this is what I want to invite you to, um, and it's going to be a commitment. So uh, over the next nine months, like I said, we're going to meet on a weekly basis, um, and during these next nine months, uh, I'm going to challenge you in some ways to help you get to where you want to go. So, like I said, when we were in Jamaica, there was this whole other room we didn't know anything about, and then somebody showed us, and then we walked in it, and then we sat there, right? It was like, oh, this is great, an amazing spot, right? But for us to get there, we had to walk there. We had to take some steps to get there. Um, in the month of May, I had a goal to run 100 miles. I never ran 100 miles in the month of May, or in any month, or in my whole life. 
I had never run 100 miles, but I had a goal in one month I'm going to run 100 miles. Maricel did it with me. I mean, we didn't run together, but she did the 100 miles in May as well. Now, for me to do that, to accomplish that goal, to make that happen, I had to wake up every day and run a 5K, even if I didn't want to, even if it was difficult, even if it was cold outside. For me to accomplish that goal, I had to put in some work. It wasn't going to happen if I, if I didn't do that. I could wish and want and dream all I want, but it wasn't going to happen unless I put some work in. I have a goal at the end of this year, I just came up with it last week, where I want to be able to squat 315 pounds. I could do that before. I want to get back to it. I want to be able to deadlift 315 pounds. I could do that. I want to be able to bench press 315 pounds. 315 pounds is three plates on each side of a bar. That's a lot of weight. Right now my max is 275 pounds bench press. You're welcome. But that's my goal. For me to get there, I'm going to have to eat like crazy in a good way and lift like crazy if I'm going to see that goal happen. We have a collective goal to launch a brand new church at the end of February, beginning of March. For us to get there, it's going to require some work on our parts. This is, this is where the rubber hits the road. And this is where you have to decide, am I in? Am I going to do this or not? Now look, we are not building a church. Jesus is the one who builds the church. But we are Jesus' resources and we are his tools that he's using to build the church. Could you imagine being a general contractor trying to build a house, but you got hammers that are like, no, not today. You can't build anything if your hammer's like that. You got nails that are like, I'm not really feeling it. You're not going to get anything built. How frustrating would it be if you're trying to build something, but the tools and the resources you're going to use are like, that's too hard for me. No, nah, I'm good. No, nah, that's okay. You're going to find other tools and other resources. Here's the thing. Jesus is going to build his church. And he is building the church worldwide. The question is, if this church gets built, is going to depend on us. Will we be the tools and the resources Jesus wants to use and needs to use to build this church in this area? To see people who aren't here right now come to meet Jesus and be forever changed and transformed. It's up to us. But it's not going to be easy. But nothing worth doing is ever easy, right? So, here's what this looks like. We're going to meet on a weekly basis. And um, I promise to push you. I promise to challenge you. I promise to encourage you and inspire you as well. I'm not the one building the church, but I'm like the, uh, the one managing the plan. And so I'll give us a plan but we got to work the plan. So what I want to invite you to do is be a part of this from the ground up, be part of this launch team, and here's what that looks like. We're going to meet on a weekly basis on Sunday nights. If you say, I want to be part of this launch team, it means that you commit to make this a priority. If, if your house is dirty, you clean it Sunday during the day, not Sunday night. I can't make it, I had to clean up my backyard. Nope, that doesn't work here. Now look, if you got a trip that you're going on, 
you got the vid or you're sick in some other way, don't come. But this, is, this becomes a priority if you're on the launch team. This is my priority. Because we can't build anything great with people who aren't dedicated, who aren't serious and sold out. I believe the strength of this church that we're going to build is dependent on the foundation that we lay. And we are the foundation. Jesus is the cornerstone that everything is built off of, but we're going to be the foundation of what he's going to build on. And so you got to be committed. Make this a priority. Number two, commit to serve. Commit to serve. The way that you serve is uh, by playing your part. Everybody has a part to play. And the ongoings of a church are things that need to get done, ministries that need to happen. And God has gifted you with some gifts to be used, not to be buried, because we give gifts, not bury them. And so you got to play your part. You can't just sit on the sidelines and be a cheerleader. you got to get in the game. So if you're going to be part of the launch team, it means that you're going to commit to serve. Here's what some of that looks like. Uh, there may be times to get the word out and market where we put door hangers on 10, 20, 30,000 homes in this area. That means that you say, as best as I'm physically able, I'm walking door to door putting up door hangers. We got to get the word out. We got to let people know. There may be times that we do mailers to 30, 40, 50,000 homes, and those mailers got to get organized. You say, with enough notice, I'm not going to tell you, hey, we need you to show up now. <laughs> with enough notice, I'll be there and I'll put mailers in sacks of 100. Yeah, I'll do that. If I got to take it to the post office, I'll do that. I'm not asking you to pay for it. But yeah, I'll do that. Um, what serving looks like is that you share on your social media what's going on. Hey, I'm part of this church. You check in. I, no, don't check in at my house. I don't want anybody coming to my house. But, um, but you let people know I'm part of this. You got to come. You got to come. You invite people to be a part of this. That's what serving looks like. Serving also looks like when we launch that there's no holes, no gaps, because this launch team says we're in it. We're serving. So you commit to serve. Um, it means that you commit to be in a group. Like I said, we're going to do groups throughout the week. So you're part of that group. This is a priority. We're going to build friendships. We're going to build relationships so that we know one another. And we're on the same page. So, this is your priority. You commit to serve. You commit to give. Before I talk about giving, let me talk about prayer. You commit to pray. So one of my tasks, so one of my tasks is to build a prayer team. My goal is to have a prayer team of at least 100 people who I can say, Hey, we're looking at this school. I'm talking to the principal this week. Can you pray that the conversation goes well and the doors open? Or if this isn't the place we're supposed to be, that everything shuts down, right? And a new place opens up. Um, so one of my tasks is to build a, a prayer team. So you commit to pray. So commit to be here on Sunday. That's your priority. Commit to serve, commit to pray, and commit to give. And by giving, I mean tithing. That's 10% of your income, of the income God has entrusted you with. 
to pour back into his kingdom. Because here's the thing, we're empowered together by your prayers, but we're enabled by your resources. You can't pray, God, give us a building, but not give to it. You can't pray, God, bring us people, but not give so that we can market. You can't pray, uh, yeah, I think you get it. So if you're going to be part of the launch team, you're going to commit to be here. This is a priority. You're going to commit to serve. You're going to commit to pray. You're going to commit to give. As we do that, I believe God will meet us in our efforts and build something great here. My goal, by the time we're ready to launch, is to see this group here multiplied. When we launched the Rising, we had 35 people on the launch team. My goal is to see 75 on this launch team. So it's not like, oh, we got enough people now. No, we're just getting started. So I want you to invite some people to come be a part of this. Can we invite people to come? Yes, please do. But they're going to be held to the same standard and the same commitment. Because just imagine if all of us come together with one heart, one mind, one soul, united around this vision to invite people into this journey to come meet Jesus and be transformed and changed. If we all come together united in that, what can we accomplish? This, this is what happens with the Tower of Babel in the Old Testament. People come together, they're all speaking the same language. They're united under one vision. They begin to build this tower and they say, let's build this tower to the heavens so that we can make a name for ourselves. God sees that in the Old Testament. He sees them building this tower. And he says, if these people speaking one language can do this, nothing will be impossible for them. They got together to build a tower to make a name for themselves. What if we get together speaking one language to build a movement, to play part of a movement, to see God's kingdom come here to earth? If God says about the people who are building the Tower of Babel, if they do this, nothing will be impossible for them. I want God to say that about us. Look at those people there in Virginia Beach and Norfolk in the Hampton Roads area, getting together, speaking one language, united around one vision. Look at the work that they're doing. If they're doing that, nothing will be impossible for them. And I want to send my lost kids to them because I know I can trust them. I know I can entrust them with my lost kids because they're united around one vision. So that's what we're about. That's what this is about. So next week is 4th of July. We're not going to meet up. Uh, enjoy the fireworks. I'll send an email out. I think we're going to go to like Mount Trashmore if you want to come join us and just hang out and do fireworks. I know it's super crowded. If you got other things that you do on 4th of July, that's cool too. Um, but the following week, seven days after the 4th of July, we're going to meet up here again. And um, my hope is that you'll have made the commitment to say, okay, I'm in and you'll be here. And my... And, and if not to, maybe you hear this. I just want to say this. Maybe you hear this and you say, I don't know if that's for me. And you just want to come when we start. That's okay. There's no judgment. There's no judgment in that. This isn't for everybody. Um, but my hope is that you'll say, I'm in. It's going to scare me. It's uncomfortable. I don't know if I have what it takes. You don't. But God will work through you. 
and pull you to something greater. My hope is that you'll be here. Not only that you'll be here, but you'll bring some people with you. Hey, this is crazy. I never thought I'd be starting a church, but I'm starting a church. You got to come because you never saw yourself starting a church, so you come. Like, that's a great invite to a friend. Let's do something we've never done before. Like, yeah, we, should, we could shoot bottle rockets at each other. That'd be pretty fun, but we could also help start a church. <laughs> so, hey, I want to thank y'all so much for being here. Uh, if it's okay, I'd like to pray for you and then uh, and just pray for what God is going to do in us and through us. And, um, and we'll, we'll conclude. God, I want to thank you so much for the people who came out tonight who got an email, who saw Facebook posts about this church that was going to launch and they said, I got to be there. And they braved the heat to come out. God, I thank you for the way they believe in me. And I don't take that for granted. I thank you for the love and the support that's shown here in this backyard. I thank you that out of humble beginnings, you do great and amazing things. And I'm believing today that as we look back months from now, years from now, we would say, do you remember that time in the backyard when it all started? We took that first step. From these humble beginnings, God, I pray that you do great and amazing things far greater than we could ever ask or imagine. We're here for you. We pray that you let your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven, as we want to partner with you, Jesus, to build this church so that people who would never imagine themselves in church would find themselves a journey, that they discover you and be transformed forever. This is where it all begins. I pray you blow our minds with what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, thank you all so much. Um, so the next steps, you know, take this. Uh, if you want to take time to, to pray about this, think about this, just let me know what you're thinking, what you're feeling. And uh, July 11th. July 11th. That's when we'll meet up again. I'll send out a follow-up email. You just respond and let me know. Thank y'all. We still got food and drinks. You want to talk afterwards? We got time.